Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of the scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe in the scripture and the words Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover, Many began to believe in his name, and when they saw the signs he was doing, but Jesus would not trust himself to them, because he knew them all, and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. The Jews spent 40 years in the desert, a journey that should have taken them three weeks. They had to learn that God was God, although they kept forgetting it, as most people do. In the first reading from Exodus, God gives them the commandments. And the first one deals with him. I am the Lord your God. You may not worship any other God. Everything else follows from that. The fact that God is God. God is the transcendent other. The infinitely perfect being. 
all of which really makes no sense to us, except that we can have some human idea of it. We can never fully grasp the being of God. He was a, God knew that they would lose their sense of fear in the right sense. The fear of God was lost, that sense of awe, not trembling, but a sense of awe in God's presence, because God is God. Every atheist rejects a God that doesn't exist, a God of his or her own making. But they would lose that sense of the sacred, that sense that God is God. It was easy to lose. Our world has too. Many saints recently have remarked on our loss of the sense of the sacred. And once we lose that, once we forget who God really is, then we don't really understand what it means for the word to become flesh and dwelt among us. We don't understand God's love. We don't understand his mercy either. We don't understand sin. Our Lord is dealing with that in today's gospel. A people who have lost the sense of the sacred, in this case the temple. This is a really very strange gospel. We've seen our Lord become angry many times, but never this angry in scripture. Every gospel mentions his cleansing of the temple. Because it's a a unique moment when our Lord seems to be not just angry, but outraged at what's taking place. He could become angry at the scribes and the Pharisees for their hypocrisy and their hardness of heart. But here, he becomes physically angry. And with good reason. Because of what was taking place, the corruption, the extortion. You know, when people came, there was a temple tax. And it could only be paid in the Jewish shekel. Now, every male Jew within 15 miles of Jerusalem had to come up for Passover. And every Jew throughout the then civilized world wished at least once in their life to be able to go to Jerusalem for the Passover. So that at this time of year, there are as many as two and a quarter million people in Jerusalem. And they want to make sacrifices. But again... They come from all over the world, and they don't have the proper coins, so there has to be an exchange of money. And the money changers set the rate. It was extortion. They made a great deal of money by cheating the people who came to them. They wanted to buy, they wanted a sacrifice, but if they bought their sacrificial offering, the goat, sheep, pigeon, somewhere else, there were inspectors in the temple that had to approve of it. And more often than not, they would disapprove of it and force them to buy an animal from the temple, which, they would call, which was sold at exorbitant prices. Again, extortion. So it's not just a matter of sacrifice. It's a matter of greed and crime. And our Lord then goes into the temple. And by the way, this all takes place in the courtyard of the Gentiles. Remember that the temple was set up in such a way that the courtyard of the Gentiles, then the women, and so on, into the Holy of Holies. And so our Lord then makes a whip of cords. It's hard to imagine our Lord doing this, isn't it? And drives them out of the temple with the sheep and oxen, overturns the 
the tables of the money changers and tells them to get out. This would have been a very striking moment in the life of Jerusalem. No one had ever done this before. And they are, of course, upset. And they ask for a sign. They want some evidence that he has the right to do this. In the New Testament, there are three words for signs. One is a terror. And that's a wonder, some wonderful thing, some astonishing thing. What the type of thing people want, that's what they want. But that's not usually, that's not what our Lord has come to bring. The second one is a dunamis, which is power, from which we get our word dynamite. Our Lord hasn't come just for that either. And the third is semion. And that's a sign that points towards something else. And that's what our Lord has come to do. That's the sign St. John liked to use in his gospel. A sign that points to something else. That points to our Lord and to who he is. And they say that, our Lord then says, he'll give them a sign. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. That will come up at the trial too. Before Caiaphas. This man said, I can destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. And it will come up while he's on the cross for the last time. You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Our Lord, of course, is talking to the temple of his body. He loved the temple because that's where the Father was worshipped. And so was he, although unknown, and so was the Holy Spirit, although unknown. But the temple is about to become obsolete. The sacrifices will no longer have any meaning whatsoever. In fact, they weren't the important thing anyway. They were just symbols. Symbols of an eternal change of a conversion of a sacrifice of the self but so many people just went up and offered the sacrifices and there was no change whatsoever they thought that God needed the sacrifice God does not need it they did but that's becoming obsolete with our Lord's suffering and death the temple no longer has any meaning once the curtain of the temple is torn in two as he died now he becomes the temple because God is in him he is God all that is changed And you and I live now in a very different world. But you know, as I said, we too have lost the sense of the sacred, of what it means to be in the presence of God. We have a trivial trivial human idea of God. We've got to get rid of that and go back to the, the idea of God as infinite other who's taken a human nature and walked among us. As I said before in Advent, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us should fill us with such an awe we almost have to be frozen where we stand or sit just to think of such a thing. And so our Lord then is telling us to do something ourselves. The cleansing now must come within us. We must become radically different people. This temple that is our self must be cleansed of all those things that in some way keep us from the reality of God. We've come here to this temple because we wish to come into the presence of the Lord. We want to wash ourselves clean to clean that temple before we approach the God who is with us in the Eucharist. We are coming as they did, but hopefully we have now a sense of the sacred. You know, when we come here, there should be 
a joy, but not a silly joy. It's a sacred joy. We've lost that sense, too. A sacred joy that we are about to enter into this great mystery of God's love that we cannot possibly understand, although it is possible for us to come close because we can see it on the cross. Once again, how easily God could have redeemed us, just willed it. But he chose not to do that. He did something we had to understand. That fills us with awe. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, not to sit on a throne, but to suffer and die on a cross. So we come to this temple, we come into the presence of the Lord to be present for that. Uh, how really wonderful that is that God has done this thing. But if, notice how the gospel concludes with a rather strange thing. It says, well, he's in, well, he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. Many began to believe in his name. Why? Because of the terrors and the dunamis. They want the wonders. They want the power. When they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all. You see how different we have to be and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it so well. Well, he understands us, and that's why we are here. We are here to rejoice in God being God. We are here to rejoice in what God has done, and we are here to rejoice because God is here. So, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that event, is the transforming power of a mystery. Elect of God, come forward. Elect of God, bow your heads and pray. Let us pray for these elect whom the church has confidently chosen. May they successfully complete their long preparation and at the Paschal Feast find Christ in his sacraments. That they may ponder the word of God in their hearts and savor its meaning more fully day by day, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That they may learn to know Christ who came to save what was lost, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That they may humbly confess themselves to be sinners, let us pray to the Lord. That they may sincerely reject everything in their lives that is, is displeasing and contrary to Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the Holy Spirit, who searches every heart, may help them to overcome their weakness through his power, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the same Holy Spirit may teach them to know the things of God and how to please him, let us pray to the Lord. That their families also may put their hope in Christ and find peace and holiness in him. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord that we ourselves, in preparation for the Easter feast, may seek a change of heart, give ourselves to prayer, and persevere in our good work, works. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord that throughout the whole world, whatever is weak may be strengthened, whatever is broken, restored, whatever is lost, found, whatever, what is found, redeemed. Let us pray to the Lord. God of power, you sent your Son to be our Savior. Grant that these catechumens, who, like the woman of Samaria, thirst for living water, may turn to the Lord as they hear his word and acknowledge the sins and weaknesses that weigh them down. 
Protect them from vain reliance on self. Defend them from the power of Satan. Free them from the spirit of deceit, so that admitting the wrong they have done, they may obtain purity of heart and advance on the way to salvation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, you are the fountain for which they thirst. You are the master whom they seek. In your presence they dare not claim to be without sin, for you alone are the Holy One of God. They open their hearts to you in faith. They confess their faults and lay bare their hidden wounds. In your love, free them from their infirmities, heal their sickness, quench their thirst, and give them peace. In the power of your name, which we call upon in faith, stand by them now and heal them. Rule over that spirit of evil, conquered by your rising from the dead. Show your elect the way of salvation in the Holy Spirit, that they may come to worship the Father in truth. For you live and reign forever and ever. 